You are listening to episode 102 of Shades Midweek. This is a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. If you are joining us for the first time, welcome. I'm glad that uh, you decided to listen to this podcast. For those who don't know who we are, my name is John Mark Garreau. I'm the worship and community pastor at Shades Valley Community Church, and I am joined in the studio today by my good friend and executive pastor here at Shades Valley, Pastor Brad Brown. How you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I really love the way you said my name. Right. We should make that a little Pastor clip. Brad Brown? Yeah, maybe some background music. I'm doing well, John Mark, and you know one of the reasons I'm doing so well? is because there are a lot of great TV shows out right now. Yes. Now, you might not be aware of this because I don't want to misrepresent you, but you hate TV shows. Is that <laughs> That's Is that fair? That's not a misrepresentation at all. I no, I I do enjoy some TV. I don't uh, dedicate as much time as a lot of my friends do. There's a number of people at Shades. Yeah, lots of people. That love television shows Mm -hmm. and i and i do think probably in the grand scheme of things most people uh gravitate towards tv now it's just kind of what is happening i don't know the numbers i'd like to see the numbers actually streaming numbers on yeah it'd be interesting versus movies and see i feel like when i talk about a new tv show that i'm excited about i feel like you are not excited about it (laughs) like I'm like, dude, you should totally check this out. And you say yes, but I don't feel like you're going to. Is it because you have so many movies in mind that you want to watch? So when you get the time, you're like, I got to go through this list of movies. Yeah, there's definitely a list that I have that I want to see. Like, I like to watch all the the, uh, Best Picture nominations from the year. So I'm working my way through those right now uh, because the Oscars come up at the end of the month. So, you know, there's definitely a lot of movies that that I'm wanting to see. A lot of times when I watch TV, it's with Ashley, so we try to find a show mm. that we can both watch together. That's so we hard. did we did go through like several shows last year, okay, at different okay. times. But yeah, well, currently I've been watching Severance, and yes. I've really been enjoying it. Yeah, I was at a Bible study last night talking to some guys. Some guys really like it. Another guy was saying it's too dark, which I right I don't know how that's possible with a TV show <laughs> for it to be too dark, but. That was his opinion, so people are divided about it, but I I really like it, and I think you would if you got into it. It's on. A, it's streaming on Apple TV+. Yes, yeah, so we've watched the first two episodes of it, and I do like it. Okay, I, I do like it so far. I didn't know that. Yeah, so we've watched the first two, and I am really into the idea of this. I like the world yeah. building that's going on, mm-hmm. and... Um, and you know it's it's a TV show, so it's kind of slow to divvy out all the details and the plot. Obviously, they're trying to give you little yep. Easter eggs here and there of some things happening, and they yep. want to keep you hooked so that you keep watching the next episode, as good TV shows do. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so we're making our way through that okay. slowly. But how many episodes are there now? Five or six? Yeah, at I this think point? so. I'm not sure exactly. They keep yeah. coming out. It's a great cast. I lo- I, Adam mm-hmm. Scott, um, John Turturro, Christopher Walken. The yeah. cast. The cast is incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. all right, yeah. Well, good Apple stuff. TV Plus. Apple Severance. TV Plus. Well, look, we found some common ground to end what do you, on. What we do you started like out. Ab- what do you like about the show? What do I like about the yeah. show? I like the aesthetic of the workplace environment. Was it like right. a kind of a seventies? Uh, like but futurist not i don't how would you describe it it's the cubicle thing very sterile very sterile very like bland yeah um kind of modern but also this modern kind of minimalist thing happening but in a very bland sort of way not like in an inspiring way yeah i don't know andrew could probably speak to some of that uh, aesthetic more than I could, but he's got more of an eye for that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, do I, they do they kind of explain what year this is taking place? No, and that's what I was actually curious about. Is is we were talking about this? For those that don't know, <laughs> well, this has turned into a severance podcast at this point. I know. For those that don't know, I mean, the basic premise is that there's this company that has this program where your brain is essentially severed. So 
once you leave the workplace, you have no memory, no recollection, no recollection at all of what happened at work. And so essentially you become like two people where you have this person outside of work and then this person that's at work, but the person at work never leaves work. That's all they remember. Like they, the people, uh, the person doesn't remember their outside life at all. Right. And the person outside Outside has no idea what's going on on the work side of things. So it's stress. The other night I was so stressed out. Like at the end of the day, she goes into the elevator and then she just blinks and then she's back at work. And and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't fathom that. Yeah. That's a nightmare. Yeah. Very interesting Um, show. Very interesting. I'm with you though. Ben Stiller directed it, by the way. Oh yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. Me too. Me too. I'm into it. Well, we don't really have anything else to talk about, which is why we're... We're honing in on severance. Um, so we don't have any emails today either, so I'm just going to go right into an album if that's okay. That sounds great. James album of the week. You familiar with us? This doesn't sound new. It's not new. I figured I'd do a throwback today instead of trying to find a new album. This album came out in 2001. I was going to say. So a solid 21 years ago. Yeah, wow. The album is called Morning View, and it's the fourth studio album by American rock band Incubus. Huh. You hear the DJ? I do. That was a big thing. Yeah. Having a DJ on stage. So real quick, I'm going to give you some notes, and then I'm going to kind of tell you why I chose this album. So the uh, Morning View was put out in October. It produced some pretty big singles. This is the first one, Wish You Were Here. Another big one was Nice to Know You, and the third single was called Warning. Those were all huge songs. Uh, 2001, I was in high school, so these songs were on deep rotation on the local rock stations and on MTV, um, as I tried to sneak some MTV viewing, uh, so my parents didn't know. Uh, like TRL, yeah. yeah, some TRL maybe, mm-hmm. just some music videos. You know when they would do music videos. Yeah. Okay. Um, the cool thing about this record uh, to record the album, the band lived in Malibu, California, on a street called Morning View Drive. Uh, the the band had previously tried to do that for at least the writing portion of the previous album called Make Yourself. But they didn't have enough clout at the time to afford some sort of you know budget like that for the making of the record. And the idea for them was to not feel as if you were driving somewhere to work on a record. You could just get up and it was a natural extension of your day. Which I have huh. only been a part of one record that did that. There was a record I did with Bashta where we slept there was some uh, lofts there was like a loft area at the studio that we recorded at and it was like his first big record with integrity so there was like a budget and we rented out third day's studio because he was friends with mag powell and we slept uh there at the studio all week and tracked for about seven or eight days straight and recorded the whole record wow and it was really cool you know you could just wake up and grab coffee and breakfast, and then go downstairs and start working on songs. Pretty wild. So pretty cool. So that's kind of what they did here, except their view was, uh, you know, the Pacific Ocean and the Pacific Coast Highway. A little different. <laughs> so a little bit different. Okay, here's why I picked this album and, and why I love this this album a lot. I th- I had a, tried to open up a conversation about the band Incubus on a group text that I'm in with you and some other people, mm-hmm. Brad. And basically the question that I threw out was, how does everyone feel about Incubus like as a band? Like is this, you know, because they, they are kind of encapsulated in this time of late 90s, early 2000s where there's a lot of, you know, alt rock, kind of goes from grunge to sort of like Creed and bands oh, like yeah. Default. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of, uh, it's like more hard rock stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I feel like um, Incubus gets thrown into 
this genre a little bit because they were releasing really popular albums at the same time that like Creed was putting out like with arms wide open and, um. and things like that. So they kind of get thrown into this genre, which I think is, is a bit unfair because if you listen, especially to this record in particular, morning view, um, it's not s- just a straight hard rock record. There's actually, uh, some ambient textures happening. There's a lot of really interesting guitar effects, interesting chord progressions. Song structures are a little weird. Um, there are elements that do make it, you know, hey, this is a 2001 record, <laughs> like the DJ, sure, for example. Sure. The DJ, okay? That's that's kind of a big thing. Like, Linkin Park was doing that. Um, so, for whatever reason, they had a DJ. I don't know. But... I do feel like this band uh, and should, should and pardon get their my, Pardon my ignorance, but a DJ is just scratching, right? I think their guy, I watched, so a couple weeks ago, I really was listening to this album and I started watching some YouTube live videos of them. Mm-hmm. And I was try, really trying to pay attention, like what is the DJ actually doing like some of the time? And he was doing more than... Like there's a little more to it than okay. just hey I'm just gonna put this rent this record on that somehow matches with the song that we're yeah. playing and make some noises. Okay, he was actually doing a lot of effects and some different kind of layered sounds and textures. Okay, okay. Um, but definitely kind of a weird instrumentation element, yeah. I would say. But I do think the songwriting is really good, and I think the songs are really good. Not just the singles, but actually, like, a lot of the deep cuts are really good. Hmm. And they have songs like this. Uh, This song's called Mexico, and it's actually, like, acoustic and strings the whole time. With some, like, Radiohead-like chord progressions. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like this band deserves to get their due a little bit. I don't mm. like throwing them kind of into this genre of, well, they just sound like Creed and, uh, okay. you know, some bands of that era. And I just really enjoy this record. So if anyone else likes this record, I know Chris Cargill does. We've talked about Incubus before. I'm not a huge, like, Incubus fan, but this record in particular is really just good. Just this record, you would stand behind. <clears throat> yeah, I stand behind this one. I think Make Yourself is pretty popular, too, so a lot of people would probably say those two in particular are really good. Uh, so definitely check it out. Let me know what you guys think. And there are some new albums coming out that I'm definitely going to feature soon. Uh Brooke Frazier has a new album, mm, and I, I just I just haven't got to it yet. Okay. So for those that are like, why don't you do any worship albums? Why Tons are of you people always, out there. Why do you do this to my life? Yeah. And I would just say I'm getting to it, okay? I'm going to help you Patience. out. Just, yes, I'm getting to the Brooke Frazier record. I'm getting to a few other records that have come out. So, yeah, that is my album for the week, uh, Morning View. It's lovely. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Bradford's Book Club. 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 We're glad that you're here today. I'm very excited about the book that I'm going to be recommending to the masses. It is a book that is authored by Gavin Ortland. Now, John Mark, are you familiar with Gavin Ortland at all? A little bit, yes. I'm familiar with Ray. And I know there's a, there's a whole family tree. Yes. So we gave away lots of copies because we got lots of free copies of Gentle and Lowly. That's by Dane Ortland. Dane Ortland that yes. is Gavin Ortland's brother. Yes. Ray Ortland is a pastor that's well known, has also authored several books. He's their father. Where are they from, by the way? Do you know kind of what? I don't think they're from this planet. Okay. They are like... I told John Mark before, I feel like they're the bushes of evangelicalism. And that might land... Differently, <laughs> with different people. Maybe not a good analogy. Maybe I, I should. Sure. Maybe I should back away from that. <laughs> I don't. Depends on how you feel about the bushes, I guess. Yeah, totally. <laughs> 
But I think my point stays, and that is that you should definitely check out Gavin Ortland. Uh, I told John Mark, I think a great introduction to him is go to YouTube, and he has a channel where he has tons of videos where he answers various questions about Christianity, different Christian traditions. He has interviews. He'll talk a little bit about apologetics. He'll have conversations with people from different faith backgrounds. So a really interesting guy. And I think that this book is a home run, to use a sports analogy. Wow. This book is by Gavin. He has several books, but the one I'm talking about today is a book titled Why God Makes Sense in a World That Doesn't. The Beauty of Christian Theism. Let me read a little bit from the back cover. It's never been more important to articulate the wonder and enchantment of the Christian message. Yet the traditional approaches of apologetics are often outmoded in an age of profound disenchantment and distraction, unable to meet this pressing need. This winsome apologetics book for a new generation makes the case that Christianity offers a compelling explanatory framework for making sense of our world. Pastor and writer Gavin Ortland believes it is essential to appeal not only to the mind, but to the heart and to the imagination as we articulate the beauty of the gospel. So, um, I think this is interesting because this is a book about the de- a defense of the Christian faith. But one of the things that I love about Gavin Ortland is that he is kind and generous, 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 not generous, generous uh, when he approaches other worldviews, other religions other perspectives on the world, he gives them a fair shake. He doesn't have this kind of triumphant attitude that it's this is clear and simple, Christianity's right, everyone else is an idiot, and if you would just see these few things that I'm writing in my book, you can clearly see why Christianity is right and everyone else is wrong. <laughs> he does not have that approach. He does not have that posture in his book, he gives everyone kind of a fair shake and then also articulates why he thinks Christianity casts the most compelling vision of the world, of reality. And yet, in doing all this, his book is, I think, pretty accessible. I think anyone could sit down and read it and uh, would not quickly get lost or feel overwhelmed. So, Gavin Orland, I think, is is one of the top minds in evangelicalism today. So definitely someone that I think um, we would all learn and benefit from. So check out his book or just check him out. Check out his YouTube channel, Bradford's Book Club. We're expanding to YouTube now. <laughs> we got to stay hip and relevant. Why God Makes Sense in a World That Doesn't by Gavin Orland, The Beauty of Christian Theism. Great recommendation. I have not read Dane's book yet, Gentle and Lowly. Oh, yeah. It's on my bookshelf. I knew I know that it was heralded when it yes. came out. Was it last year when it was released or was it the year before? I can't remember. Whenever it was, it was just lauded as yep. this is the best book of this year. Everyone yes. needs to read this book. So I love the Orlands. I've I've uh, heard Ray Ortland speak before. They seem like very, very sweet, sweet people. Great spirits, it seems like. So totally, one hundred percent. Well, Brad, I am excited for today's episode because we are doing a meet a member. We have a very special guest here live in Four Streams Studio. So, midweek audience, please welcome Mr. Doug Abernathy. Yeah, welcome, sir. This is my first time to hear it in regular speed. Wait, wait, wait. Are you confessing to something here? Oh, uh, do you speed it up oh, when yeah. you listen to the podcast? That was one of my questions for you is, did you optimize all of your custom beats to be good at one, 1.25 and 1.5? Yes, he did. Uh, the short answer is yes. I No, I did not do that at all. <clears throat> That's Doug, pretty amazing. You know what I was thinking? Doug, what's your full name? Gary Douglas Abernathy. So Douglas is a middle name. It is. 
When did you decide to go with Doug? Uh, my parents okay. <laughs> made that one for me. Um, but after living a life of going by my middle name, uh-huh. uh, this is news. My son's yeah. name will be Gary Douglas Abernathy III, and he will oh, wow. go by Gary. Oh, well, okay, wow. we don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. Okay. Wow. We'll come back to that. You're just dropping bombs at the beginning. I came ready. Of this episode. Well, we are excited to have Doug. Today we want to get to know the man behind the budget. <laughs> yeah, and can I just say that we're, <clears throat> we have gone all in on Doug. We That's have, right. <laughs> we have dedicated two previous episodes to questions from Doug that he wrote into midweek yep. that we subsequently answered. And now we are getting the full meet a member with Doug. So this has really turned into like Shades Midweek with Doug. Exactly. Doug, you might as well just be a regular member on the podcast. Yeah. How, how would you feel about that? I was honestly concerned that people are going to be pretty saturated with Doug. <laughs> and uh, this, this would be like the lowest listened to episode. Like, not this guy again. <laughs> His questions were one thing, but now he's there in person. Oh, goodness. I don't think that's going to be the case, Doug. Our numbers have shown that the listenership has skyrocketed Okay. whenever we put you in the title. Okay. Right. 100%. Yeah. Our marketing team was all about continuing on with you. Right. They said it was a good call. So, Well, without further delay, I think we should just go ahead and dive right in. Let's How do you feel it. about that, Doug? Let's cannonball in. <laughs> okay, so we normally start by asking the member to tell us a little bit about how they grew up. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you grew up, maybe where you were born, where you were raised, what family like, family life was like in the Abernathy home? Uh, born and raised, Huntsville, Alabama. Um, oh. I was a middle child, so that should be answer some other questions later. That will inform that. Of, we'll come back here. Yeah, being the middle child. Um, older sister, younger brother, uh, pretty average. Uh, one thing that was kind of cool, my grandmother lived with us from the time, basically from when I was born till when I was 18. Oh. And so that was pretty cool getting to have like, a 24-7 grandmother in your wow. house. It's a fun atmosphere, I'm sure. Um, was different, I think, feeling from, from my mom having a mother-in-law 24-7. Right. But as right. a kid, it was great that it was like, man, Meemaw never tells me I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yep, just totally spoiled. Yes. That makes a lot, that makes a lot of sense, Doug. <laughs> so... Uh, from there, went to Auburn. Oh, wait, before wait, that, we get there, too quick, a little too quick. Okay, we want to dive in a little deeper. Okay. So, what uh, what your parents do? Dad uh, works for Blue Cross, and my mom is a nurse. Okay, so no engineer. See, I thought Huntsville. I just automatically think yes. engineer. That might be wrong, but I feel like everyone in or Huntsville. like you work in space, the space industry somehow. Well, that was yes. my, my grandfather. He did. Okay. Sol- uh, see, he did solid rocket propellants. Um, and that's why. Oh wow! I, wait, wait, wait! Like, say a little more about that. So, the type of fuel they would use in rockets would be solid instead of liquid. Naturally, and so, uh, he was involved in developing those. So he created it. Uh, he did have one patent. Wow. So, but I don't. It's not like he was the one that figured out how to do it. <laughs> right. Wow. So did you did you grow up in church? I did. I uh, grew up in a PCA church, so mm. that is where my, my love of deep thinking, theology, um, kind of was all started there. Lot, lots of sitting around talking, not so much doings, but lots of sitting <laughs> around talking. All right, he's making the Presbyterian jabs, not us, all right? <laughs> you have fond memories, though, of that church and growing up in that church? Uh, fond, sure. I didn't know anything different, so it was like... It wasn't like I'd, I had had a lot of other uh, experiences. We stayed at the whole church, same church my whole life, so um, must have been pretty good. So you grew up in the church, so is there a point in time where you say, this is where I came to faith, this is where I put my trust in Jesus? Is there a moment as a child or a teenager or a couple uh, weeks ago? I would say <laughs> <laughs> I had thought about saying, I uh, still hadn't gotten there yet, just to like really kind of make a nice awkward silence in the room. I still um, have some questions. 
but no, it was junior year of high school. Um, I will pin it to a, a mission trip uh, we okay. went on in high school, junior year. And so that was the time. It was like after that, I felt like it was a true understanding and growth that occurred. Hmm. What happened on the mission trip? Um, there wasn't any like aha moment. It was just kind of like during that mission trip, um, I just felt like kind of my heart change about it. And then mm-hmm. when I got back, I was, I felt like I was much more, I felt this greater love and understanding of like what it meant to be truly loved and accepted by the Lord and understanding like the true sacrifice and kind of accepting, you know, as a Presbyterian, you got to really accept like how awful you are. Mm. And so really understanding that better, I felt like after that. Mm. Yeah. So you've already started telling us a little bit about Teenage Doug, Mm -hmm. but we want to hear more. Okay. So how would you describe Teenage Doug? What was he like? What were his interests? Um, He was a late bloomer. (laughs) Um, He was awkward. Um, I I know that doesn't come through now. It's like (laughs) totally a surprise. I can't see it at all. Yeah. Um, But no, he uh, ran with a, a kind of a smaller crew of guys um went to a smaller christian high school and so it was a pretty small pond to to pull from in terms of a friend group so there was a couple guys there and then a couple guys at church i grew up with um and that was more or less my friend group in high school but definitely towards the end i would say i i was ready to get out i was i was the kind of person that was like over high school while i was in high school (laughs) and Mm -hmm. and knew that college was like okay i need to get to college now was the was the <laughs> private school you went to affiliated with any church or denomination or? It was surprisingly, it was Church of Christ. Okay. Huh. Um. So, had my sister had a bad experience at the Presbyterian Christian private school in Huntsville, and so the only other one was this Church of Christ High School. So we started going there, um, and that, and it, that was good too because it being introduced to another set of beliefs where I feel like you normally doesn't happen until college where you just kind of grow up in your bubble. Everyone believes the same thing you do, but then you get to college and it's like, Oh, I didn't realize someone did it differently. And they actually have good reasons from the Bible to do it as well. Mm. So that was, that was a very good for me, I think development wise of going to a church, Christ church and seeing what they emphasize and like, why do y'all emphasize that? That doesn't make sense. We never emphasize that. So, yeah, so any uh, any interests, any hobbies, any sports? Um, I did play baseball. Um, okay. And had a my own little landscaping business. Oh. Um, had. What, did you have a name for it? I didn't. It okay. was just me. Doug's landscaping. Yeah. <laughs> um, my first car was the 1995 Ford Windstar. The old family oh, wow. uh, minivan took out the middle seat, and that's I would Uh-oh. I could I could fold up the lawnmower and get it into the the car that way, and so that was me driving around doing doing yards out of a, a minivan. So an entrepreneur. Uh, yes, I. It was a big surprise to me when I had to start paying taxes later in life. <laughs> I, I had I had uh, lived the good cash life yeah. up to that point. Yeah, so then, so uh, you said you went to Auburn, is that right? Yes. All right, War Eagle. Yeah. War Eagle. Now, why did you pick the Jerusalem of Auburn over <laughs> the Babylon of Alabama? <laughs> <laughs> we have really been alienating our, our audience that are Alabama fans recently. It's, it's it just rough. came to mind. I, I had to make it a joke. It was bad. Um, yeah, Doug, what, what went into that decision? Grew up an Auburn fan, and then Auburn engineering is far and above uh, Alabama engineering, and so just stating the facts. It just yeah, just it came pretty easy. Um, so yeah, and UAH was a is a good engineering school, but I knew that I needed to be out of Huntsville. Um, gotcha. I was ready for some distance. So, the relative distance, you know. That's right. Only three and a half hours. You didn't go to California. Yeah. Or anything. Yeah. 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 I'm not. I'm not that rebellious. So, what was your major? Uh, structural engineering. 
And why did you choose structural engineering? So I went in as electrical engineer because that's what everyone in Huntsville is. And I was like, oh, I like rockets. I want to do rockets. That's what. And so I went in, I took intro to electrical engineering, and it made zero sense to me. <laughs> and so I, I had to, I then took a, a survey course where they went through all the different types of engineering. I was like, oh, I think I like that better. All right. And so that was, I, I went in with one idea and then realized that I was actually terrible at it. So <laughs> switched to structural. I mean, the engineering program at Auburn is pretty intense, right? Mm-hmm. What was your experience of it? Um, I liked it. I Once I kind of got settled in and, and learned the mindset of I need to treat it like a job and go in, basically spend the day at school, study, and kind of got in a rhythm like that, um, it really helped. So did you meet Ashley at Auburn, or what's, what's the story there? Oh, no, she came many, many years later. Okay. Okay, well, let's finish up with Auburn. So you graduate from Auburn, mm-hmm. and then what's next? Uh, moved to Birmingham. Okay, so you didn't go back into lawn care business. Did not. Did not in the van, okay. So did you move to Birmingham? Did you have a, a job prospect, or you just wanted to move to Birmingham? Uh, I had told myself I would never live in Birmingham because <laughs> all I knew of it was driving back and forth from Auburn to Huntsville and experiencing oh, yeah. 280. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I was yeah. like, that's a miserable place. I never want to live there. Totally. Um, but then the only job offer I got in 2012 was in Birmingham, so... <laughs> Uh, I moved and uh, found out there was a lot more to Birmingham than 280. Uh, that's right. Now, what was the job offer? Uh, working for a small firm here in town, uh, down in Lakeview, and uh, first house. Um, knew some guys here and uh, lived off of Lakeshore uh, in a rental house. Cool. That's awesome. All right, so you're in Birmingham. Are you at a church somewhere? Did you did you find a place to go to church? There's not a lot of churches here, yeah. so it's kind of hard to to find one. Um, <laughs> so at Auburn, I went to Lakeview Baptist, um, which was so made the swap in college, um, going from uh, Presbyterian to Baptist. There, uh, did you go to Encounter? Um, I think I did a couple times. Okay, that was at Lakeview. I guess that wasn't out of Lakeview Baptist. Yeah. Right? Okay. But that one wasn't so much my cup of tea. Mm. Um, I played an encounter one time. Did you? I played drums. Yeah. Oh, with Brett Yonker? No, uh, uh, I don't know what year it would have. It would probably would have been two thousand and eight, maybe. It was with Daniel Bashta. He can't. He he used to lead down there. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Anyways, um, so like I'd been on the mission trip in high school, but then going to a Baptist church and like oh, this is what an emphasis on missions looks like. Mm. Um, and Lakeview had a lot of that, and so I liked that, really got plugged in at Lakeview. And then um, the one downside to it was that, unlike at a Presbyterian church, Lakeview does a meet and greet. Um, Say more about this meet and greet. Uh, <laughs> well, it's that you know that pause in the service where they tur- turn and greet the person around you, uh-huh. and Lakeview would take it a step further and ask if you were um, visiting to stay seated. Ooh. So just further, you know, call out the fact that you're new there. Yep. Um, and I was talking to the college minister about how much I hated it and how uncomfortable <laughs> all of that type of chit-chat made me. I could totally see that. And so he pointed out that if I joined the choir, that they actually sing during that time so I wouldn't have to do it. Oh, wow. So I joined the choir <laughs> so I could avoid having to do... Uh, the meet and greet time. Um, now, Doug, I did not know this about you. Yes. Um, it's because no one's ever wanted me to sing. <laughs> um, but I don't think you're allowed to tell people they can't join the church choir. Now, are you a baritone? Uh, I'm an off-key kind of person. <laughs> you didn't strike me as a tenor. That's why I asked. Yeah, I'm not sure what I am. I, I would fluctuate in high school between tenor one and soprano. So, mm. Oh, gosh. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I I was in the choir and it was more like the joyful noise type choir. Okay. Was um. Well, Doug, could you give us a maybe a little taste of what uh maybe mm. a song maybe a chorus? I I would need to go through a full sound check okay. before we get you know before we right. did that. No kind doubt. Of thing. No yeah. doubt. Need to get comfortable. Yeah. High yeah. standards. High standards. Yeah. Uh, oh. but yeah. So that was yeah. uh 
Lakeview is what kind of uh-huh. influenced me there. And so when I came to Birmingham, uh, I joined Brook Hills. Okay, cool. Was David Platt still the pastor there at the time? He was, yes. Okay, yeah, I don't know the timeline of... This was post-radical, but he was still there. Okay. Okay. And so how long did you attend Brook Hills? Um, I would say, I think, three or four years. Um, found, had a really great group of single guys that got plugged in with. Um, still some of my best friends. Um, we've all kind of split up and gone to different churches, but still hang out. Mm, um, cool. So it was really good experience there. Um, it just finally got to the point where I realized I'm not going to drive down 280 for something on a Wednesday night. 280 has such a big part of your life. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I, I, yes, I, I, I don't have a good relationship with 280. Yeah. And so I just decided it, I shouldn't be at a church where I'm not going to participate outside of Sunday. Mm, yeah. 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 And so, um, started looking around, um, and had a couple friends going here. One of them, Summer Young. Okay, so let's pause there, maybe. Okay. Before we get to the shades part of the story. Okay. And I wonder if right now could be an okay time to do something that we call a lightning round here. Yeah. Let's do it. The lightning round. Mm. All right, done. All right. So you probably know how this works. Uh, we will ask you some random questions. The basic idea is that you can answer as fast as you can. Some of the questions, I'll be honest, they're not lightning speed. It may take a moment to gather your thoughts and then yeah. answer. So that is totally okay and allowed here. Yeah, totally. Within the lightning round. So That's right. So, yeah, we just want to get to know you better and ask you some random questions. So let's do it. You ready? Ready. All right. Well, how do you like your eggs? Over medium. Okay. Do you like uh, coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee. Black? Black, sometimes with a splash of milk. Do you have like a place that you like to go? Like what's your favorite coffee place? Uh, Dunkin' for their cold brew. You know, I do oh. like Dunkin'. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I it's, was surprised. It's not bad. Yes. You know, for, for fast coffee experience, not bad. You can get, you know, that half gallon of cold brew for like three fifty. <laughs> yeah. Nothing yeah. like a half now, gallon of yeah. coffee to start the well, day. Well, and now they have the uh all the cold brews on tap now too. Yes. Which oh. is nice. Very yeah. fancy. Mm-hmm. Very fancy. So do you start off every morning with a half gallon of cold brew? No. Okay. No. No. Okay. But uh you can if you were someone who may be considered frugal. You could get the half gallon because it's only a little bit more than the medium and just drink half of it and then save the rest for the next day. Next question. Would you consider yourself frugal, Doug? I would. I would. I would say other people may have harsher terms, but I would. Outside of Dunkin' Donuts, what's one way that plays out in your life? Um, I, I love a good coupon. Um, mm. And then... Uh, you, you mean coupon? Yes, yes. Okay. Like, so are you flipping through magazines looking for coupons? Uh, I do tend to uh, look for them uh, to the point that uh, Ashley, my wife, her grandmother, will actually clip coupons for me and, and save them for me because she knows I like them so much. It's amazing. Uh, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, or Twitter? Uh, Instagram out of necessity. If I could get rid of them all, I would. Now, why necessity? Uh, I, I feel like it's useful for keeping up with friends. I don't ever really post on it. It's just kind of mm-hmm. nice, like, hey, what's going on with people? All right, I'm done. Right. If they made a movie about your life, who would you want to play you? Mm. Do they have to be alive? No. No, of course not. Um, I would choose Chris Farley then. Oh, great choice. And that's only because I was him multiple Halloweens. <laughs> oh, wow. So this is going to be a really funny movie then. There. I'm curious if either of you guys encountered the speaker. I think he was kind of in charismatic circles, but he spoke at a lot of Baptist events in the South. So he did an insane Chris Farley impersonation. That was like his thing. His name was Tom something, maybe. He was a speaker. He would have spoken at college events, youth events. He spoke at a few in Auburn, and he would do this Chris Farley routine, and he nailed it. It was right on. Eh, Anyway. If you could go anywhere in the world on vacation, where would you go? Uh, Bangkok, Thailand. If you, oh, 
Do you believe in ghosts? Why or why not? I don't. Um, why not, Doug? I've never met one. It's a pretty good answer. Have you ever been admitted to the hospital? Yes. While you were at Auburn, did you go to any football games? And if so, what was your favorite one that you went to? Um, I would say most of the any of the games, I would say 2010 season. Oh, yeah, so you were there at Cam mm. Newton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was – I went to three games that year, and those were some incredible experiences. So much energy in that stadium. Who do you look up to as a hero and why? Besides, like, Jesus. Yes. Kind of yes, yes, outside the Bible. Yes. Okay. Um, I would say my dad. Um, best man at my wedding. Very, like, part of why I'm, you know, wanting to name my son – after mm. him some people get say i'm just naming after me but i feel like i'm naming after him so ah yes good answer do you have a favorite band or artist or singer uh i think spotify has told me that uh sturgill simpson and tyler childers are two of my more popular that i've played but um randy travis i think recently has been a lot in the rotation mm. so you like some country stuff I do tend towards that way. I feel like it once I started getting to more of the, you know, playlist and discover type stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm so across the board now. It I don't listen to any one thing too much. Gotcha. Okay. Have you heard so Sturgill is kind of interesting because he can tend to change his sound a little slightly from record to record. The one, Sound and Fury, did you listen to that album at all? Mm-hmm. So that one was like a bit of a departure. I feel like it's a little more. There's some rock. synthesizer. It's a little yeah. more rock oriented. Yeah. I really like that. I've got it on vinyl. I love that record. Yes, and then his he just uh, I guess did covers of all of it. Bluegrass covers. Bluegrass covers. And yeah. I have loved that. I've worn that out. Mm, that's cool. What's the strangest family tradition in your family? Um, Christmas morning. Uh, my parents would do mimosas, and uh, we would go out in the front yard, and my dad would shoot the cork uh, from the champagne in the front yard. And my brother and I would, would race out into the yard, and it was a competition of who could get the cork back to dad on the front porch. Um, this sounds like a game that like your great-great-great-grandmother would play. And, you know. um, and so my brother eventually, like, he grew and got bigger than me, and so then it became this like strategy game of like he's obviously going to physically dominate me if it came to that. So it was like, okay, I need to let him get in front of me, and then when he starts to slow down to pick it up, then I'll shove him past it. <laughs> then shoving him will stop me quickly, and then I can grab the cork and get back hopefully before he has time to like, you know, turn around and and grab me. That's brilliant. Okay, if you could have one conversation with anyone dead or alive. Who would it be? And we say outside the Bible as well. Um, Anyone in history? Daniel Boone. I feel like it's one of those kind of mythological, you grow up kind of like thinking about him and his coonskin hat and true frontiersman. Like, what would that be like? I feel like a good speed round question would be, Is Daniel was Daniel Boone a real person? I feel like people would pause for a second. <laughs> right. It's a tricky one. Doug, how many pennies would fit into this room? I'm terrible at this kind of thing, but I also remember you asking this previous rounds and thought about trying to get measurements so I could give you an accurate answer. Um, didn't, didn't follow through on that. So I will say $4 million. I I have no idea. So, I mean, sounds good. How about... Let's see. Best movie trilogy, in your opinion. Mm. It needs to be a trilogy, huh? Yeah, I guess. That's key. I was trying to think through what are the trilogies, because sometimes now they've added like a fourth one. But like you have Star Wars, like the original Star Wars. You have would, Lord would of John the Wick qualify? Yes. Okay. A hundred percent. Okay. Then <laughs> Those yes. movies are awesome. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm 
to sign between two. A few. <clears throat> What's the fastest you've ever driven in a car, Doug? I would say maybe 110. 110. Oh, wow. I think so. Um, we went out west uh, last year, and uh, I surprised. I'll I'll go ahead and make this very unlightning round. Make it a long yeah, story. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, go ahead. Um, we can camp out here for a minute. So before the uh, rental car shortage happened, I was able to book a convertible and decide I would surprise Ashley with our trip to Jackson Hole that I'd gotten a convertible mm. um, because nothing could be better than that. Right. Um, so we get out there in the convertible, and I'm loving it. <laughs> um, but it turns out that uh, convertibles are not good for people with long hair that tangles easily. Oh, boy. Um, so it was not as much fun um, as I had pictured it and assumed she was going to think it would be. Um, but it was out, driving out there when you, you know, you got this nice flat open areas. Yeah. And oh, yeah. speed limit's already 80. That's right. So. Just go for it. Yeah. yeah. You're barely breaking the law at that point. Yeah. Man. I was just thinking about how amazing it is when you're really excited about something and you think your spouse is going to be really excited about something, and then they hate it mm -hmm. <laughs> and just are really annoyed with you. Mm -hmm. You really have to work through that disappointment. Yes, that's just one of the gems of marriage. <laughs> All right, JM, I have one more question, so if you have any more, feel free to strike now. Um, if you could be an animal, which animal would you be? I would say a bear. Why is that, Doug? Um... I feel like they're kind of a jolly creature. Um, I like the idea of the long nap. Um, yeah, I was telling mm. Ashley that the other day. My Ashley, I was saying, uh, you know, I would love to, that. like, I wonder what that hibernation experience would be like. You know, like being able to just sleep for that long and just hang out and then wake and, waking up from that, how good you would probably feel, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Do you feel very rested? Are you... It, or is it like when you take a nap in the afternoon and then you 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 took it for too long? You wake up and you're like groggy. Like what happened? Why did I why did I sleep for two and a half hours this afternoon? I don't know. Just a thought. All right, Brad. Last question, Doug. It's your last meal. Mm hmm What are you eating? I would say a very nice steak, some macaroni and cheese. Um, I guess I can I can break the normal rules and have lots of starches since it's my last oh, meal. Go for it. You can do whatever you want your yeah. last meal. Yeah, definitely some some French fries, lots of dipping sauce for the French fries. Yes. Um, mm. and I feel like most of the meal would honestly be desserts. Oh yeah, I love it. What kind of dessert? Uh, chocolate, just all kinds of that. Um, probably need to start off light and then you know end with a good ice cream. That's right. Help coat the stomach. I love it. All right, great job. Doug, you did it. You survived. That was it. How was it being in the hot seat? Cool as can be. All right. Well, you handled it well. All right. Now, back to our interview questions. So you were about to uh, tell us a little bit about how you came to Shades. Yes. How you heard about Shades. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yes, so some other friends that had um, I'd met through Brook Hills that they had um, started coming to Shades, and so uh, they're like, "Yeah, come check it out." Uh, first Sunday, uh, I was here. Um, I got invited to a small group. Um, Which small group? The Peppins. Ah, uh, yes. They had they had oh, just yeah. started the small group. Um. And that was back before, like, at most people had one kid at the time. So, you know, that that was that tells you how long ago that was. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was it was great. Um, favorite thing, I guess, about Shades at first was the fact that we had that time at the end of the service for communion. And it was like, oh, I get to really pray before mm. I do communion. It always bothered me, like, growing up. Because I was, my understanding was, you know, like, the time before communion, you're kind of conf doing a confession, um, you know, confessing all that before you go and do communion. And then 
we would all like get the communion and the pastor would like pause for 10 seconds and then go ahead and start it. I'm like, was, did you just not sin much this week? You didn't have much going on? Like, how, how did you get through all your stuff that quick? Um, so the fact that I could like sit there and really pray and worship dear, like, and take my time to do communion. Love that. Uh, that's cool. Anything else that stood out to you when you first came? Um, that was the, the first, it was, I think it was during the summer I came and it was the summer of, uh, the sanctuary in the round. Oh, yeah. Um, and so it was, I think I just didn't know what I was doing. Ended up like sitting behind the band or <laughs> whoever was singing, um, you know, that, that first time. And I was see, like, back in the choir, Doug, you see how yeah. the Lord is moving you? Yeah. Um, and so I was just like, well, this is different. And then, but I also realized with all of the, I kind of miss that we don't do the random summer arrangements anymore. Oh, okay. Um, you are the, one of the few people that I've lo- talked to that misses that. A lot of people that. find it uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, no. I, well, most of Shades is uncomfortable for me, so that's why I'm... Just a, embrace yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, well, I'm, I'm here for the uncomfortableness, so... Yeah. Um, but yes, normally I'd, I'd like to sit closer to the front because I get too distracted otherwise mm. looking at everything else, but that was... That was one of those things of like, oh, man, there's so much to look at at this church. Yeah. Okay, so now I feel like we're at an appropriate uh, place for you to talk about how you and your wife met each other. Um, so back in the uh, Brook Hill days, all of the single folks went to the 6 o'clock service. Um, and my wife, uh, at the time, she was going to Hunter Street. And there was a crew of Hunter Street people, um, and they would go to Hunter Street in the morning and then come cruising for singles at Brook Hills for, at the 6 o'clock service. Um, and so she had come over in that group that would come, because everybody would go out to eat after church on Sunday mm-hmm. night. And so first met her then, and uh, we were just kind of in overlapping friend groups. Uh for years, I don't know, like four or five years. And then um, at one point we were hanging out and there just was kind of a, a spark. And so I was like, well, I guess I'll just go for it and see. Like maybe just because it it's that different thing of like when you, you've been friends with someone for that long, even if it's just kind of like ancillary friendship, mm-hmm. it's still kind of like a oh, but if this doesn't go well, then I'm now cutting myself off from you and probably a couple <laughs> of your friends. It's a risk. Yeah, it's a risk. Yeah. So, so um, how'd you approach it? Um, so the night that we, the spark kind of happened, we'd been hanging out, playing cornhole. Um, we went out to dinner, and then we went to... This is just you two? Oh, no, there was like a group of us. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. group of us all hanging out. It was like a Saturday. Yep, okay. Um, and then ended up going to... I can't. What's the what's the one that just closed down the bar with the all the people on the wall? Oh, um, a, Atomic. Atomic. No, no, no. Yeah, they definitely had people on the wall, right? They uh, is the place I think they had the costumes. Yes, Atomic. Okay, the Atomic, the Atomic. Yes, the Atomic Lounge. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, they had the costumes. You could dress up, and I've I've been there and dressed up one time. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna say it. That was the one. Just full disclosure. I haven't. <laughs> Just to be honest, I haven't. We haven't been to anywhere in a long time, but I think this was the one that closed recently. Mm-hmm. But they had Connect Four, um, and we we and a bunch of other games, and so we were just playing Connect Four, and um, she and I were playing, and I bet like. We're like, okay, whoever loses has to buy the next round. And so I won. And so she actually, um, I, I was kind of like, all right, I was just kidding. And um, <laughs> like, I w- I'm not going to make you do that now. It's very um, nice. Um, but afterwards, she like Venmoed me and was like, a bet's a bet. Wow. And I was like, okay. And that stood out to you. Yeah. Um, so uh, about a week later, um, I went over and she had, I think she had found a, a Connect Four set or something, and uh, I was we I t- we were playing again and I was like, hey, 
um, if you win, like, well, let's let's play again, we'll bet, and if you win, um, I'll take you out to dinner. Mm. And it was hard to let her win because she was really bad at it. <laughs> like, it was like... <laughs> But wait, when you say that, that kind of that's like you're asking her out. Yeah. So, so you felt like she had a pretty good initial response to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, and if the the bet being that, and then if she, if if I won, that she would need to have to like cook me dinner. Oh. All right. And what happened? And so I let her win, <laughs> and uh, we went out. Um, and that was kind of the beginning. All right. So then, how long did you guys date for? Uh, about two years. Um, and then we got married in uh, 2019. All right, 2019. Mm-hmm. And um, do you want to tell us about what's happened since 2019 with your family? Uh, wait, did I get married in 2018 or 2019? <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. It's tough. I know. I'm. I'm proud that I. I definitely know my daughter's birthday. Okay. Because that's one of those things that the first time you like take them to the any like a doctor, and they're constantly asking you what's the birthday, and it's like, oh, I've only ever really had to know mine. Like, th- and this is a new one too. Um, <laughs> so now, now I'm really struggling. <laughs> that's okay. Either, either, either you. Yeah. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Sure, Ashley won't mind. I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my first answer. Okay. I'm gonna go with A and say it was 2019. Um, okay. Oh, definitely it was. Yeah. Um, and then 2020, uh, our daughter Arlen was born. Mm. And then now coming in June this year, we've got twins. Ah, there it is—the big announcement. Yeah. Amazing. So, when did you find out it was twins? Um, it was. End of last year. Okay. Um, we went in for just the first normal appointment, and the sonogram woman was like, so did y'all know you're having twins? <laughs> and it was like, no, because it's our first appointment. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What was your first No, thought? because we're not the doctors. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was pumped. We had actually been – I'd been joking about us having twins. Wow. Prior to that. That's cool. Um, just because I I love the idea of twins. Mm. What's the What's the idea of twins? Um, it's it's like Bogo. <laughs> it's a deal, you know. Back to the coupon. Yeah. Back to the coupons and two eighty. The story of yeah. Doug Abernathy. Yeah. So, uh, Man. well, no, just the idea of a friend with like all the twins. I I'm pretty sure all the twins I know I like, and so there's like that going for it. And and just the idea of that that closeness of them sharing, being a twin. Uh, yeah. Okay. And it, are y'all saying the gender? I I think you might have already mentioned yes. this. Okay. One boy, one girl. Wow. Amazing. That's cool. So, um, so yes, they will be here June ish of this year. Awesome. So very very excited. Yes, that's so awesome. And you heard it here <laughs> on Shades Exclusive. Midweek exclusively. Shades midweek. Now a word from our sponsors. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now we're uh, so happy for you guys. Talk talk a little bit about um, you. You serve in a number of ways oh, yeah. here at Shades. Yes. And let's take a few minutes and just talk about in what ways you serve here and uh, the roles that you have that maybe some of our listeners have no idea. Um. So I'm the head of the finance team. Uh, yes, you are. Yeah. Which. We, we should have had money by Pink Floyd <laughs> right. just coming in right there. Yeah. Um, which basically we come up with the budget and then assist the elders. We come up with a budget, take it to the elders, and then the elders make all the ch- changes to it that they want, and that's what gets presented to the body at the annual meeting. Um, and then also assisting with other kind of financial planning stuff or, or working towards that. Mm-hmm. Um Susan Sexton, she spent a bunch of time this past year doing all this research on insurance and then mm. uh, working with Jonathan and Blue Cross, figuring out how we could get um, better insurance for mm. less money. And so, uh, like, that was something that she stepped up to do just as 
kind of one of those things that you you wouldn't think about doing that, but she was she was like, hey, I I, I think this could be good for us, and ran with it. Yes. The finance team are numbers people. We are grateful for them. Very grateful. I go to Doug often, and I say, Doug, help me. Rarely with good news. <laughs> Rarely with good news. Usually bad news. <laughs> Doug, we've lost another AC unit. Do we have yes. money somewhere? I feel like Doug has become <laughs> my financial father. I'm like, hey, Doug, uh, can I get some money to do this? Doug is like, now how much money did I already give you? What was your allowance this week? Well, I spent it all on children's ministry. Well, anyway, yes, we're very thankful for everything that Doug does with the finance team. Uh, but it's you're not only involved in the finance team. Yes. Well, yeah, tell us the other ways uh, you serve It's On the missions team, mm-hmm. um, which and Shay Wall, she leads that up. Um, those are the two big ones. Uh Counting team, kind of, uh, mm-hmm. but that's more of a hit or miss, I guess, right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, th- those are the big two. What are, What are some things happening uh, with missions right now ah, that I'm, we could share with some people, I'm with, actually, our, with our audience? I'm actually glad you asked. I'd, I wasn't here this past Sunday, um, but I know that Josh and Meg, mm-hmm. uh, they spoke, um, and so far... Um, the body has donated uh, $1,200 to go towards their travel wow. expenses. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and then we're going to take the rest out of the missions fund um, to help cover getting them over to Poland. Awesome. And, and the other travel, the other expenses of getting there, getting everything set up. Um, so that's a – I guess this could be like a double plug for the missions team there you and, go. and for the finance team. For those mm-hmm. that don't know, we have a missions – Fund. So anytime you want to give, mm-hmm. you can designate to the missions fund. Um, it's a separate account. It goes in there. And then for things like this, uh, where something comes up or if someone needs uh, support for a mission trip, um, the money can come out of that missions fund. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for those for those who don't know, uh, the McClungs uh, are members here at Shades. Uh, they have been at Shades for a long time, and over the last couple of years, they felt the call to be full-time missionaries, and so they've been working with YWAM. I guess it's been like, what, two years now? Two and a half? I, I don't even know the time. You know, time is just really weird. Time, yeah, for all of us today, it's hard. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they are, yes, they are planning on going to Poland, and they're going to spend uh, about two months there establishing a refugee center in Poland for uh, the Ukrainian refugees uh, that are having to leave their country because of the war over there. And so they uh, are in need of raising funds to get over there as well as uh, expenses like a van that they would need. So, yes, um, that was in the email that was sent out this week. Um, if you, if anyone subscribes to the email, but you can also give online as well. So thank you for mentioning yep. that, Doug. Well, Doug, in closing, why don't you tell us a little bit about your day job? You know, you mentioned engineering. Some people might be surprised to know that you're not an accountant. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I have had multiple people assume that I'm an accountant <laughs> because you would think you would want an accountant to head up the finance team. Nope. But not here at Shades. That's right. Think outside the box. Um, it, so structural engineering, it's, it's basically you got to keep the building standing up. I would say the architects, um, like a hundredfold, they're going to make it look good, and then the structural engineer has to make it stay stay standing. That, that feels the, important. That that would be the simple version of it. Um, so I've actually thought about this when, like, when I asked the question for JM about how he chooses the the music and all, and it's sure. kind of like I feel like a lot of people are drawn to watching people or listening to people talk about their craft. Um, but I realize it needs to be an interesting craft. And so it's like, I don't think you're ever going to find a show or like a lot of interviews where people just talk about engineering and spreadsheets. Um, we're going to have to have Doug back on to have an entire episode about structural engineering. But if it's like a pastor, like talking about how he works through a sermon and comes up with that, like, that's interesting. How do you pick music? What's your you know background? That kind of, that's interesting, but. I bet if we got you talking about it, it would, uh, I'm sure it would be interesting. 
if this was at the end of this episode, it would just be like all of a sudden a lot of people clicking off. I, I can just tell you. Well, Doug, I think that's all the questions that we have for you. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to say? You know, is this your one me to member episode? You can only have one. Ooh. I don't. That's a rule I just came up <laughs> yeah. with. Um, I will plug. Uh, we are tentatively planning to uh, move a n- new to us uh, playground to the church. That's yes. right. On Sunday, April the third. So if you mm-hmm. are able to lift things or have a truck or a trailer, um, we will need you. Yes. So tentatively for uh, April the third. Uh, I think Grant and I are going to go do a recon mission uh, this weekend, uh, kind of get an idea of what the plan is okay. going to be. Uh, very nice. See, Doug's just involved with everything. That's right. Finance you didn't even mention that before. Finances here, missions. Yeah, He's facilities. Play, yeah, facilities, moving playground equipment. I mean, what does Doug not do, really? Sing. He's going to be singing soon. He's going to yeah. be he in the choir. In the choir. <laughs> We're going to start a choir here. I mean, a man of many talents. A, a renaissance man, some would say. Right. Well, Doug, thank you so much for coming on. If you have any questions for Doug Abernathy, feel free to send us an email at midweek at shadesvalley.org because here at Shades Midweek, you're a part of the conversation. You're a part of the conversation. All right. Put him on the spot and he got it right. Well done, Doug. Glad to be here. This was a, this was a good time. This was a good time. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening. Till next time.